Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Happy Thursday or happy late Wednesday. This is the post-game podcast from the Timberwolves. Um, I think you could say destruction of the Houston Rockets on Wednesday night, the home opener, the season opener for both teams. Today's show is all about uh, that game. I want to talk about key takeaways first, a little bit of game flow, although this was a complete, really a wire-to-wire blowout. And then I want to hit some additional takeaways as well as individual studs and duds. The post-game podcast is back. It's fantastic. I'm pumped about it. First of all, uh, uh, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, as well as, of course, all the audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay. So the final score in this one, Timberwolves 124, Rockets 106. There's a ton to talk about. Um, and really just because it's hard to draw up how this could have been a better game for the Wolves. Outside of the third string, uh, the, the third string bench unit in the fourth quarter, giving up 35 points and, and letting the final score be 18 instead of 30. I mean, that's, if we want to quibble, that's the only thing. Um, it's going to be hard to come up with a dud, honestly, when I get to the individual studs and duds. This was fantastic. Um, so I want to hit the main takeaway first, and then that, that'll kind of flow into the the overall game flow, how this thing got away from the Rockets so quickly, how the Wolves built their double-digit lead by the end of the first quarter and, and never looked back. I mean, it was double digits from the end of the first quarter on. Um, and uh, and that was, I mean, that's, that's the show today. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how the Wolves got there. So um, the number one takeaway, the Timberwolves defense was phenomenal. And if you're just glancing at scores, you say, oh, the Rockets scored 106, which, which actually isn't, you know, if you just saw that, you'd be like, oh, you know, the Wolves still won by 18, not bad. But this was a stifling defensive performance. The Rockets scored 21 points in the first quarter. Um, they hit a late, I think they had a dunk right before halftime to get them to 24 in the second quarter, but they were stuck on 22 in the final seconds. Um, and then they scored 26 in the third. They were on pace to score right around just under a hundred points, uh, before the, the garbage time buckets at the end of the game for the Rockets or, or garbage time really kind of got away from the Timberwolves third unit. Um, but the Wolves defense was amazing. It started with ball pressure. Josh Okogie and Kevin Porter Jr. was fantastic. Um, the Timberwolves made life difficult for Christian Wood. Uh, Jalen Green never really got involved. There were a couple of nice, I think late first, early second quarter, he had a couple of nice baskets, a couple of nice drives, almost back to back, I think maybe two out of three possessions. And Kevin Porter had a couple of nice plays, but this was pretty much uh, a, def- a, a domination that started and in 
really was almost entirely on the defensive end of the floor outside of a couple really hot stretches for Timberwolves, uh, for the Timberwolves on offense. Um, the defense is what keyed this whole thing. Josh Akogi's ball pressure on Kevin Porter Jr., number one. Jade McDaniels at the rim. Carl Anthony Towns at the rim. The Wolves as a team in this game blocked 13 shots, three from Jade McDaniels, three from Nas Reed off the bench, and Towns and Akogi each had a pair of blocks. Malik Beasley got in the act with a couple of, of, of blocks in the open floor at the rim. Um, the Timberwolves were contesting everything, and it wasn't the type of semi-lazy, like, hey, I'm going to, you know, we've seen this in the past. We've seen the song and dance before if you're a Timberwolves fan. And Towns is, Carlton Towns was as guilty of this as anybody in the past, where it was like, I'm going to get there a beat late and I'm going to, you know, be out of position enough. I'm not going to get the block or I'm going to commit a foul because I'm out of position and I'm I'm aggressively going after a block that I'm not going to get. So the Timberwolves were in, posi- in position almost all night. And when they weren't, it was late in the game when it was garbage time. There was one instance, uh, and I'll get to this here in a second. I think, uh, towns actually, it was almost like he was playing drop coverage. He didn't step up and, and pick up the ball and the Rockets got an easy bucket and Finch called a timeout. This was, I think early in the third quarter. Um, there were, there were just literally, and the fact that I can think of a handful of instances where the defense had lapses tells you how solid they were, how rock solid they were defensively. The rotations were tight. They were crisp. The low man stepping up, which is not something that was part of their regular defensive scheme um, in past seasons, the low man stepping up made a huge difference, whether that was Towns helping to contest at the rim, Jade McDaniels cleaning up messes. Uh, but the Wolves, it, it seemed like anytime the Rockets got near the paint, they were essentially getting getting trapped. Um, and and Yes, it's the Rockets. They've got a bunch of young. I mean, they played four or five teenagers in this game. They've got a really young roster. And and honestly, without Christian Wood and Eric Gordon, I don't know where this team would have been in this game. Well, I could tell you where they would have been. They would have lost by 50. Um, and I, I mean, the, the ball pressure that the Wolves were able to provide and then the trapping that they were able to, they were really kind of penning in um, the Rockets offensive players when they got down close to the paint. And it was really difficult for them to find angles to pass out of it. And part of that was inexperience. Uh, part of that was the Wolves just had a much bigger lineup. The Rockets have a really small team and the Wolves took advantage of that. Um, and and there were just no passing angles. The Wolves defended without fouling, which is, again, something we're not used to seeing. Uh, you know, Timberwolves fans have not seen their team able to, to effectively defend without committing a high rate of personal fouls. We saw, you know, an early offensive foul from Carl Anthony Towns. We saw a little early uncharacteristic foul trouble from D'Angelo Russell, but which by the way, that didn't bother me because that meant that D'Lo was being aggressive offense or excuse me, defensively, which we don't usually see. And he was, I mean, he was expending effort on the defensive end of the floor to the point where he was getting called for ticky tack fouls, which is a positive thing. It means that D'Lo was putting forth that effort. Um, Active hands, contesting passing lanes, contesting shots on the perimeter. I mean, I mean, the vast majority of Rockets' shots were contested, even on the perimeter, which is, again, something that we're not used to seeing from the Wolves. Um, and I don't know that the Rockets, they had a couple of easy buckets in the whole game, and that was basically it, you know, outside of garbage time. The Wolves made the Rockets work for everything. And, and when there's a, a, the combination of youth and a general dearth of, like, high-end NBA-ready talent like the Rockets have, that's going to be the recipe for a quick double-digit deficit for for Houston. Um, now, this effort, if the Wolves bring this exact effort, if we can bottle this and the Timberwolves do this every single night, they are going to be an above 500 team this season. This defense will play every night of the season. I don't care if it's if it's the Rockets, if it's you know the other bottom feeders, the Thunder, the Magic, whoever, or if it's you know the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Jazz, the Nuggets, whoever it is. If this defense is out there, the Wolves are going to be in basically every single game. Um, and I mean, 
who knows if this is the type of effort it was so, and it, it's, it's hard to say whether this was like just strictly, Hey, it's opening night. This is what coach wants us to do. We're going to buy in. We're going to do this. And they happen to be playing one of the leagues probably will end up being one of the league's two worst teams. Um, or if this is the effort that we're going to see on a nightly basis from this Timberwolves team. And if, if it is, then we've got something here. This is, this is a, this is a team to be reckoned with the length, the athleticism that the Wolves possess on the defensive end that is going to uh, disrupt every single team they play against. Even, even, you know, the best, and of course we'll see Milwaukee here soon in just like, I think a week. Um, And that's, you you go from the Rockets to Milwaukee completely night and day. Um, And I'm not suggesting the Wolves are going to shut down the Milwaukee Bucks offense by any stretch, but that's when, you know, we'll start to get a better sense. You start to play better teams and we'll see if this is, are the Wolves going to pack it in if they give up, you know, a, a, 35 point quarter, are they going to say, ah, well, we gave it, we gave it a run with the defense for, for a little while. Um, or are they going to continue to compete defensively? And if they compete defensively, the offensive talent, which I want to talk about here in just a minute is going to lead this team to a really, uh, a really successful season, I guess is probably putting it, putting it mildly. Uh, if again, if this defense keeps up, okay. Next, I want to hit the rest of my takeaways from the game. Uh, and I guess I didn't really talk game flow, but there's not a whole lot to say about game flow in this one. This was a this was a start to finish shellacking from the Wolves over the Rockets, but we'll hit on a couple of those things next. And then I want to get into individual studs and duds for the game. First though, let's talk about our title sponsor from today's show. And that of course is McDonald's. This episode of Locked on Wolves is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Long road trips are almost a tradition at this point. When we're on a road trip and we're in the car in the morning, we stop, we get sausage egg McMuffins. My kids love them. I love them. Uh, my wife loves them. It's uh, really, I, I mean, I remember in high school going on lunch when they were serving sausage egg McMuffins at lunchtime and getting those. Um, fantastic. And every road trip, we have to do it. It's it's now a family, a family tradition at this point. Um, make sure to head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Wolves watch party? McDonald's, I'm loving it. All right, let's talk about a few additional takeaways from this game. Outside of the Wolves defense, which was fantastic, um, offensively, I mean, the game got off to a rough start for the Wolves, but that was really because the defense was so good. The Wolves were in transition opportunities and they they had some pretty sloppy secondary break action. The Wolves just weren't getting great shots in the first two to three minutes of the game. When they finally got into some half court sets and slowed things down just a little bit, um, they got enough easy shots to really kind of kick things in gear. And then from that point forward, Offense wasn't an issue. Um, And actually what really did it wasn't strictly getting open shots in the half court. It was getting into the half court and then drawing fouls. So they got to the free throw line a bunch early in the first quarter. And that's what helped them build a little bit of a lead. And then after that point, uh, you know, the, the buckets started to fall and, and really three point shooting the, the number at the end of the game wasn't awful. Uh, The Wolves ended up shooting actually really good. 16 of 38, 42.1% from three. But at one point early in the game, the Wolves were two of 16, just a couple minutes into the second quarter, two of 16. And then after that, Towns hit a couple of threes, then Ant got hot towards the end of the second quarter. But two of 16, that means that the Wolves finished this game uh, 14 for their final 22 th- made three. So 14 of 22 to end the game from this midway point of the second quarter on, which is insane. Um, and 
like I said, they were cold early in the game, but the free throw line kept them ahead, helped them build that 11 point lead. So they were up 32, 21 at the end of the first quarter after having only made two threes the entire first quarter. It was all free throw line and and buckets at the rim. Transition points, um, I believe the number at halftime was 19 to four. Yep, 19 to four fast break edge at halftime for the Wolves over the Rockets. Um, and the half court offense was, was solid. We, I mean, again, they turned the Rockets over so much. They got out and ran so often. We didn't see it, you know, that much creativity in terms of the front court offense or the half court offense because they didn't really need to do it. Uh, Towns got a couple of post touches and um, it really kind of had his way with with the Rockets front court. At times it was Christian Wood. At times it was the uh, the poor rookie uh, Alperin uh, Shanguin or Shangun, I guess. Um, and uh, Daniel Tice actually did a I mean, he's a great defender. He did a pretty good job guarding Towns uh, early, drew an offensive foul on him. Actually, a second one. in the So he drew two offensive fouls on Towns for the most part, did a good job against him. Um, but Towns is, was just too good. Uh, and he scored in such a variety of ways in this game. We'll get into his individual numbers here in a little bit. Um, But in terms of the Wolves offense, the slow start was kind of overcome by the free throws. And then the three-point shooting came. um, And it was like the first quarter was mostly kind of towns to get the Wolves going. The second quarter was all Anthony Edwards. He just went off in the second quarter. The third quarter was a a lot more towns, but it was really D'Angelo Russell. He hit four threes in a row in the third quarter. Um, At one point went on like a a nine to two run himself against the Rockets, hit three threes in really short order. Um, Two of of those four threes were on either sides of a timeout that the Rockets took to try and cool him off. Um, And after having a relatively quiet half, at least compared to towns and Edwards in the first half, D'Lo went off in the third quarter. Um, And again, it just, a versatile offense, the ability to score in a variety of different ways was really, really impressive. Um, and, and that to me was was definitely a, a key part of this game. The substitution pattern, um, Jordan McLaughlin was actually the first one off the bench. Remember, no Patrick Beverly. He was suspended for the game following his uh, his altercation, I guess you could call it, or hard, hard foul on Chris Paul in the playoffs last uh, summer. This just a few months ago. Um, so he was suspended for the game. We saw Jordan McLaughlin play backup point guard. He was the first off the bench. And then Malik Beasley was closely behind him. Torian Prince was the next guy off the bench. We didn't see any massive lineups from the Wolves. They didn't need to because the Rockets don't have a big team. So we didn't see any Nas with Carl Anthony Towns. However, I enjoyed watching Nas Reed and Jared Vanderbilt together. Their minutes, I think, almost almost uh, lined up entirely up until garbage time when Nas had to stay on the floor late in the game uh, just because the Wolves didn't have enough players. Um, But the two of them work well together. I mean, Vanderbilt is a little bit more rugged in terms of rebounding and contesting shots at the rim. Well, I shouldn't, I wouldn't say he's, he's necessarily a better shot contester than Jade McDaniels, but he is more rugged and a better rebounder and a bit more of a uh, of a true four, whereas Jaden McDaniels is a, is a three with the size of a four, the ability to guard fours, of course. But Jaden McDaniels and Carl Anthony Towns are, are a really good fit with one another, and Vanderbilt adds a little bit of an edge that Nas Reed doesn't necessarily always bring at the five, which is fine. Nas is good at what he's, what he's good at, but I think Vanderbilt's a better fit next to Nas than McDaniels would be if, say, McDaniels was coming off the bench at the four. And then you add Torian Prince to the mix with the bench unit, and you've got Vando and Torian Prince defending. The starting lineup had Josh Okogie and Jade McDaniels as your primary defenders. Add Beverly to that group. That's five guys who can defend. And if you add Anthony Edwards, if he provides the type of effort he has, if Malik Beasley defends the way that he did in this game, you're talking somewhere between four and six you know, solid, and I'm, I'm not crowning Malik Beasley as a solid defender yet, but he has the tools to do it outside of being a little bit undersized. Um, he's athletic enough. And I mean, obviously he blocked two rocket shots at the rim in transition in this game. 
And Edwards obviously has all the tools to be a plus defender if it, if it clicks with him and he provides the effort on that end of the floor. And uh, the defensive unit, or excuse me, the second unit was fantastic in this game. I really enjoyed watching them play and, and watching how they work together. Um, so the key takeaways this one are the defense across the board, uh, the uh, dominance of the big three, Towns, Edwards, D'Lo, and then the substitution pattern I thought was interesting. Um, and, and the way that the Wolves got into their offense in this game, getting to the free throw line, and then the rest of the the rest of the offense kind of came together later. Um, but understanding that this is the Houston Rockets, this was still a fantastic performance. They're still an NBA team. They're still a team that's going to manage to win 20, 22 games this season. Um, and the Wolves still had to bring the energy and they brought it. I mean, I think the Wolves would have beaten most teams in the league if they brought this identical effort, um, the identical uh, effort on both ends of the floor, really, in a, a, in a game against any opponent um, this season. So it wasn't simply because they were playing the Rockets certainly helped. Uh, but it was, it was more about, you know, the effort the Wolves put forward and, and the plan that they had going into this game late in the game. It was, uh, the Wolves were up by 30 plus when the starters started to come out. Um, and, uh, the, the, the third string unit did not play well. Uh, the Rockets were basically playing their second stringers and, and obviously felt like they had more to prove at that point. Um, so the final score of 18 wasn't really all that. I think it got down to 14 at one point late in the fourth, not indicative of how dominant the Wolves first and second units were over the Rockets throughout this game. Um, I want to close by talking individual studs and duds. We're going to get to that in just a second here. First though, let's talk about our friends at Calm. Do you want to know what makes LeBron James, King James, sleep? That's right. Sleep is his superpower. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you activate the power of sleep. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like King James. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says... Getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge, unquote. So if you head to calm.com slash NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation, so you can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash NBA. That's Calm.com slash locked on NBA. Let's also talk about our friends over at Sweatblock. For a few weeks now, we've been talking all about Sweatblock, the wipes that stop sweat for seven days. And it seems like people have been listening. We have friends of Lockdown who have tried Sweatblock and loved it. We have a story here about a high school teacher. When he'd pit out by fourth period, he'd hear the snickers and whispers from his students. So he started bringing a second shirt to change into between classes. Then he heard about Sweatblock on our program. He tried it and is now hooked. No more snickers, no more second shirt. And straight out of Hollywood, we have a producer who is working on the set of a Marvel movie. Perhaps you've heard of it. She was working 18 hour days for weeks in the Atlanta heat. She heard about Sweatblock, started trying it and loves it. No more sweaty production days. She even reports that one of the A-list actors uses it maybe the green one, so stay to stay dry on set and on the red carpet. Another success story here about an avid soccer player. He heard us talking about sweat block and thought it was too good to be true, but he was always the wettest guy after practicing games, like soaking wet. So he thought he'd give sweat block a shot. He tried it on his pits. The next practice, his pits were dry while everything else was wet. He says he didn't have to reapply for nine days, and now he's a true believer. There you go. 
Lockdown listeners loving sweat blocks stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. Doctor created and doctor recommended. Of course, the dry shirt guarantee says that if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. And it's not just for armpits, chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere. And I mean anywhere that sweats. If you or someone you love is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKDOWN. You can also grab it at Amazon or CVS, but again, sweatblock.com, promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off. That's sweatblock.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. Okay, uh, let's close this thing out by talking individual studs and duds, and this is an easy one, a really easy one in this game. The Timberwolves' big three, the, the, the big three was, three was fantastic in this game. Um, just going down their stat line, Anthony Edwards in 31 minutes, which was a team high. And of course he didn't, he didn't have to do anything. And say he had 24 points at halftime, didn't score at all in the third quarter, had five early in the fourth before they took him out of the game. 29 points on 10 of 21 shooting, which is great. Six of 12 outside the arc. Fantastic. Three of four at the line. So 29 points, six rebounds, three assists and a steal. He did have four turnovers, but things got sloppy. I think a couple of those were right near the end of his stint in the fourth quarter. He was a plus 26 on the game. Carl Anthony Towns, it would be hard for Cat to play much better than he did in this game. 30 points on just 15 shots, 11 of 15 shooting. Oh, by the way, in only 29 minutes. So 30 points in 29 minutes on 11 of 15, three of four on three-point attempts, five of five at the line, 10 rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks, only three turnovers and three personal fouls was a game best, plus 34. Nobody else is within eight points of that plus minus, a plus 34. 30, 10, two, two, and two, 11 of 15 shooting was dominant on both ends of the floor. I, I was surprised he only had two blocks. I mean, the Wolves as a team, again, blocked 13 shots. And uh, of those 13, what, only Russell was the only guy that had a block that did have multiple blocks. Everybody else really came to the block party in earnest. McDaniels, Akogi, Towns, Nas Reed, and Malik Beasley all had multiple blocks in this game. Um, but Carl Anthony Towns, phenomenal. Again, if this is the effort we get from Cat every single night, He's at the, at least he's second team all NBA. This is, was just a, it's hard for me to understate how fantastic he was in this game. D'Angelo Russell gets my third stud, uh, 22 points, seven assists, three rebounds, a steal and a block. He shot six of 16 from the floor, but he was four of eight outside the arc. So only two of eight inside the arc, but four of eight outside at six of eight at the free throw line. And the reason why he's a stud was the hot streak in the third that put this team up 30 plus, um, where he hit all four of his threes in a span of just a couple of minutes in the third quarter. And then also he he got to the free throw line and that was part of the Wolves early in the game when the offense was a little bit sluggish. He got them going by by getting them easier shots near the rim and himself getting to the free throw line, which is one of the main knocks outside of his defense. The only other thing to really complain about related to D'Angelo Russell and really the only main thing to complain about related to his offense is his lack of getting to the free throw line. For his career, his free throw rate is pretty low. He's not super athletic. He doesn't love contact, um, but he's got such good shooting touch. He's a great free throw shooter. And he's long. And so it makes sense for him to get into that. You know, it's, you know, uh, like 10 feet within the rim where he kind of does the scoop layup shots and, um, you know, draw contact, get to the line. And, and he did that. He was six of eight at the line in this game, led the team in free throw attempts. Uh, the, the Timberwolves didn't have anybody else in double figures in this game, by the way. The big, they scored 124 points and Edwards, Towns and Russell each had 22 or more. Nobody else scored more than nine. And that was Malik Beasley off the bench. Outside of him, nobody else had more than six. Also, everybody that, that played in the game for the Wolves scored. Um, in terms of duds, it's hard for me to single anyone out. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and blame, you know, the whole third unit, classify them all as duds for this game, um, which is basically Jake Lehman. I'll leave McKinley right out of it. Cause I mean, Minnesota kid hit a three pointer at the end of the game in his first NBA game, 
give him kudos. But Jake Lehman, Jalen Noel, Leandro Balmaro all uh, struggled. Um, they struggled defensively. Uh, Balmaro and Noel each had a turnover. Noel shot just one of three. It was pretty sloppy. They brought Nas Reed, who who played solid minutes early in the game. His plus minus in this game was somehow a minus 16 in 19 minutes in a game that the Wolves won by 18. And then those the guys who were only part of the third unit, Lehman, uh, Noel, Balmaro, they were all either minus 11 or minus 13 in their stints in this game. And it just, it was really kind of a lack of urgency. And and on the flip side, the Rockets guys still playing with urgency because they're, they're obviously nothing to lose. All young guys looking for minutes moving forward. So understandable that they were playing hard towards the end of the game. But that's an area that would have been nice from for aesthetic reasons in terms of final scoring margin for or final, uh, uh, yeah, I guess margin to be a little bit different had the third unit played better. But that's the only thing we're complaining about after this one. It was fantastic. A ton of fun. Um, no, the Wolves aren't going to be up 30 in every game. They're not going to win by 18 every game. But like I said earlier, if they play with this defensive effort against every team that they play, we're going to have some fun games this year. Timberwolves are going to be in virtually every game if this is how they play consistently. Um, and, you know, things get a little more difficult. They get the New Orleans Pelicans twice, uh, Saturday and Monday, I believe. No Zion Williamson in either game. And then it gets a little bit tougher next week with the road game in Milwaukee. But the Pelicans, I mean, that's a team with no Zion. The Wolves obviously beat them in preseason for whatever that's worth. Those are both very winnable games for the Wolves. They get two days of rest before the game on Saturday and then another day of rest before they play Monday. Again, all at home. Um, so Friday's show, we'll preview the Pelicans matchup uh, with the two games upcoming. And we'll talk about any other season preview prediction type pieces that came out this week regarding the Wolves. Uh, but... We'll get to see Patrick Beverly's debut on Saturday. We will do a post-game podcast over the weekend, so plenty to to talk about. Uh, so be sure that if you're not already subscribed or following the podcast, that you do so. Thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you don't want to see my face, you can listen on Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. Again, be sure you're following and subscribe for this weekend. We'll have a post-game pod Saturday night slash Sunday morning following Saturday night's game against the Pelicans. You can also follow on Twitter at either at LockedOnTWolves, don't forget the T, and at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Uh, also, a reminder that Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.